to 2020. Welcome to 2020. It is a new year. It's not just a new year. It's uh, a new decade. So it's a special entry point. And uh, as a church, we are going to be entering into a new series. Before I start, I just want to remind us that last decade, I tried to remind you that my name was not Huntington. I reminded other people that my name was not Hamilton, or Harrington, or Paddington. Now I'm just reminding you one more last time. My name is Huntington. I, I, I do, I, I, I give leadership to the men's ministry in this church. I love working with guys. Complex series, huh? We are going to start on a new series called Coming Alive. And in this series, we will be dealing with all sorts of topics from environment to how do we bring our finances alive, how do we bring our creativity alive, how do we bring our spiritual well-being health and rest will be packed in this series, beautiful series. But today, I'm going to kick it off and I have the opportunity to be the first one to start on this series and my topic is living life to the full. We're going to read today from John 10 as you can see on the screen, but before we get there, I just want to give us a bit of the background to this scripture. This scripture uh, comes at the time Jesus, before if you read, you read ahead, Jesus had uh, just healed a man who was born blind. He had never been able to see. And after he healed him, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law at that time, who were really not interested in Jesus, went to his parents, trying to make sure they discredit Jesus. And the parents said, well, we don't know anything you're trying us to tell us to do, but what we know is our son was born blind, and now he can see. So they went to the son. I got a picture of somebody who looks like the son. And uh, the son said, well, I, I don't know. I don't know about how evil that man who healed me is. I had never met him in fact. But what I know is I was born blind, and now. They were so mad at the man, they cast him out of the church. And Jesus makes these remarks. After meeting this man a second time, he can now see. But guess what? In the setting, the religious leaders were taunting the man. We're also there. And right there, we're disciples. This message is not just in the air. This message is being said to naysayers, those guys who are taunting you. It's being said to the disciples, to you and I, but it's also being communicated to those who have already received the miracle from God. So as we read it, have that at the back of your mind. Let's give it a read. If you have a your Bibles, we will turn to John chapter 10 from verse 1. 
from verse 7. We shall begin from verse 7. And if you don't have a scripture, a Bible, we can uh, use the screen up there. Uh, and I will read. Therefore, Jesus, say it again. Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pastures. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. When he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock. man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. That is the word of God. We used to say, thanks be to God. <laughs> you forgot. Jesus makes a big statement there. He says, I am the gate. I want to, to break down the scripture a little bit because uh, a lot of us do not have relationships with sheep apart from when the sheep is on the cliff. Uh, we do not have a good understanding of what happens out there in the wild and who are these shepherds apart from the ones we saw on, uh, on, on, on Christmas when they were being asked around. We, we don't really have a good understanding of who shepherds are. So I want us to break it down. These gates and sheep and dogs and wolves would like us to get into it and get our message for the new year. Okay? Sour. Say sour. 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 Ah, you are now East Africans. A gate is a port. Any door might have written on it exit, or written on it emergency exit, or written on it fire exit, or written on it entry, but a door is a port of exit and entry. You can come in and out. It's just purpose is different. Jesus chose to call himself a gate. And as we stand today on the 5th of June, we stand at the entrance of 2020. In a sense, we could say we stand at the gate of the year 2020. But at this same gate of the year 2020 is the exit of the year 2019. Jesus. 
Jesus is saying, I am the gate, the A gate. In a sense, he's saying to you and I, as we get into this new year, can I be your gate? Can I be your port of access? Can I be the one who will give you admission into the things you want, but also give you a fire exit for the things you need to run away from? He is the gate. But let me also point it in terms of the Jewish culture. I put a picture up there, how they, they used to have. They used to keep sheep. Communities would own sheep. And not everybody would have a sheep pen. So you would have different people putting their sheep in the same space, just like we park our cars in the general parking places. These places will be surrounded by a kind of fence. I try to make a smaller, smaller sheep pen down there. And that sheep pen would have sheep from different shepherds. Jesus says, I am the gate. Under normal circumstances, if that sheep pen was a private one, the shepherd is expected to sleep across the entry point. There would be no physical gate. The physical gate would be the shepherd himself. So he lay across at night, meaning to get to the sheep is over who? His dead body. Jesus makes this statement to mean that. They understood when he said to get to my ship, it's over my dead body. He's talking to the guys who are trying to turn his ship. You get the point. He's saying to them, my friends, this is my ship. And to get to my ship, I am the gate. Have you seen those daddies? You know, I, I remember my son being bullied one time on a bus that used to take him back and forth from school. And one day I, I had had it, and my wife told me, you don't listen to me, you need to be the Christian. But I had had it. My son kept coming home. And so this one day, those days I, I used to have some muscle, I put on a, a t-shirt which showed my muscle, these things that uh, don't have a... Uh, and when, the, when I had the, 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 the footing at the gate, I ran to the, to the van, and the steward opened, and I put my head inside, and I said, who is Ben? I got out the deepest of my voices, and I said, who is Ben? And I looked like Mr. Goliath. And Ben's hand went up. And I looked at Ben, I got his hand, and I, I made sure he felt my grace. And I said, Ben, never again. Never Will I hear you do that to my son? And I let the van go. Jesus is that defender of yours. He made these remarks, telling the, those terrible shepherds, to don't mess with my sheep. I think sometimes we look at Jesus as this very nice and kind friend. He is, but he wants to protect us. He's that gate. So as we enter 2020, Jesus wants to be your gate. He wants to be the place through whom you get whatever thing you want to get. Your access. 
also wants to be the one who will help you with those challenges that you have experienced, the problems that you have experienced. He wants to be the one who wants to help you. I was listening recently to somebody who said that every exclamation mark, you know, exclamation mark, was a question mark that has been stricken. And I don't know what question marks you come with into 2020, but Jesus wants to to give you some exclamation marks. In 2020, we can't believe God to turn these question marks into exclamation marks. (gasps) We want some aha moments in this new year. And Jesus said, I am your acceptance. In John 10.10, the verse we just read now, he says, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is not just wanting for us to get a little bit of life, but a life to the full. I guess by the time I'm done with my message today, what I really want you to recognize is that we get used to Jesus. And we get used to the voices around us. And we get used to failing. And we get used to those prayers that are not answered so much that we forget the kind of shepherd we have. And we take our faith away and we begin to wobble. In this picture, you see Jesus protecting the little child. But um, I, I, I thought if Jesus does things like this to us, when the enemy is trying to shoot at us at different places, he will take the arrow. He will take the bullet for us. I would like you to think of Jesus as one who wants to love you, to protect you, to give you a life, and give it to you in abundance. There is a scripture in Psalm 42, 11, which most of you know. It says, why, David was saying, why are you downcast within me, O my soul? Put your faith in the Lord. And this word downcast, I, I, I learned something about it. It's about sheep. And I tell you, I'm going to teach you about sheep. So sheep are animals. They have four legs. Do you know them now? It's not just a piece of stick. The animals, actually, they have four legs. And, and, and they get so big. So a sheep, in an unlikely event, could trip and fall over its back. When that happens, the legs are up, the arms are up, and the sheep is helpless. The sheep now cries for help. Because of her weight, the sheep usually is unable, I think I'm going slowly, but the sheep is unable to tip over to stand again. And they cry, and the sheep cries, and cries. The shepherd says, of my sheep. So the shepherd will come to the sheep. That position is called downcast. It's a downcast position. If the sheep stays in that position soon, because it has a very small heart, naturally, physiologically, blood that was supposed to go to the legs begins to dwindle down. If the sheep stays there, they're going to get problems. Blood is going to mix with the lungs and the, sheep will come, the, the shepherd comes and picks the sheep, and yeah, you Londoners think he will just put the sheep up. No, 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 he doesn't do that. The shepherd gets the sheep, 
if we sit here on his neck, and begin to massage the leg so that the blood flows again. And after that has happened, the shepherd can now put the sheep down again and the sheep goes into the pasture. I'm giving this as a, an idea of the kind of things Jesus does for us, whether we are aware or we're not. But I want us to stop and think and remind ourselves when Jesus said, I am the truth. He's referring to all these things. He says they will come in and they will go out. In fact, he says, I will lead them out to the pasture. That's where David gets these scriptures. Oh, he leads me beside quiet waters, into the green pastures, and through the valleys of the shadow of death. My shepherd is keeping me. As we begin 2020, I want, I'd like us to have an understanding of the uniqueness of this shepherd. Last year, we may have risk accidents and misinterpretations. Some people intentionally trying to sabotage us. Let's trust that the shepherd is protecting us. But we must be aware of it. These things don't work by accident. We must decide to trust the shepherd. In that verse I just read, it says, Abandoned. It says, I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. I would like us to draw a line in the sun and say it doesn't matter what I see with my eyes. My shepherd cares for me. My shepherd is on my side. You're going to see disease. Some of you may even see some losses. But your shepherd wants an abundance for you. When he gave them fish, he took two fish and five loaves of bread. Those are, by the way, loaves of bread. Some of you were into croissants. But that's a, a, a loaf of bread. Two fish and five loaves of bread. He multiplies that into so much fish, 5,000 people ate, and they have 12 baskets left over. Jesus is not this mean guy who is giving you just a little bit. And so let's not just settle for so little because we think, oh, our God is uh, not a God who has called us into luxury and into. Let's remember that while He's a God who loves us, He's a God who wants for us to have abundance. He gave them fish. When they asked, they're trying to fish, nets almost got torn. God of abundance. In the Old Testament, He gave them manna. They had so much, they wanted to pick for tomorrow. They said, don't worry about tomorrow, I'll give you more. You know, that is the God we serve. Now, how do we experience this abundance? You may ask, how do I enter into that place of abundance? And if you're here, and you've not known this Jesus, I'm telling you, some of us have experienced this. I personally am not talking about us so much. I know this guy. I know this guy. 2019. Motor tablet crashed my car. Oh, oh. In any form, liquid, body, body injection, no. I was poor. It is his fault. And you can't trust him for that. So how do we enjoy this abundance? I have come up with four points of how I feel that the shepherd wants to provide for us and to 
can give me a next slide, please. Yes. Thank you. Point one is, he says, my sheep know my voice. Now, my children know my voice. And you know how they know my voice? Because they engage with me so often. You will be able to know what God is telling you about your health situation, what God is telling you about your job, what God is telling you about your investment and finances, about your relatives, those ones that annoy you. God will be able to speak to you, but you must know His voice. We have to train ourselves to hear His voice. We hear His voice when reading the Bible. There's lots of Bible plans, Bible apps online, phone books. Do you belong to a a place where you don't just hear, but you be? And by the way, this word thing, you really don't grow if you just hear. But in a small group, you are able to say your things, and you stumble, and you say, you know, in in Moses chapter 2, and people will say, you know, they don't know what Moses said. But there it's safe. If you say it here, you'd really be embarrassed. Home group, a good place. Try groups. People come together as three. And you do life. You meet every Tuesday, once a month. And you do life. You do coffee. You talk with each other. You think about things. You ask questions. Grow in learning to hear the voice. Number two, resist other voices. He said, my ship, they do not respond to other voices. Do you remember the, the ship pen which has many sheep from different owners? When Jesus calls, my ship, they will know. And other sheep won't come. But this is the voice. Do you hear his voice? Do you respond to his voice? He says, resist other voices. Other voices. All those who have come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have not listened to them. The media. The media will call. They will tell you, it's flu season. This is flu season, everybody. This is flu season. And you will hear that. And you, you begin to... And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. I have come that you may have health and have it in abundance. And you say, no, 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 I don't have that. I don't have that. I don't have that. And then the season goes, and then we get another season where people say, this is pollen. No pollen. You see a little people, oh, now I'm... And you begin to confess negative things. And I want to say God is saying, I have come that you may have life to the fullest. And you can live through the season. Somebody told me, you have to get medicine for your black eye. In that country, they don't have a lot of vitamin C. You are going to suffer. This is how Africans talk to each other, my friends. You needed to get the medicine. Choose to trust the good shepherd that he will and resist the negative communication. Internet telling you, or people of that color, or women, or men in that age, that's the time for this disease. And you prepare for that disease. Just choose a different narrative. Number three, he says, my sheep come quickly, quickly when I call. Come quickly.
quickly respond to his communication. If the Lord speaks to you in the middle of a meeting or in a space which you cannot, where you cannot really respond, run, run to the bathroom. I like this FBI people. They have this little thing here, and uh, they'll be in a meeting, and then you go like, and immediately they respond. We need to have that quick response to God. God wants us to respond at a spark. I have taught my kids that responding is not enough. Responding the first time is better. Now, responding is okay. Responding the first time is better. But responding fast is even better. And this is what he really Jesus wants us. Number four, stay in the pen. If Jesus is to give you this abundance, if these promises he's giving you, he wants you to be in the pen. He will take you out. Look at verse 9b. He says, I will let, let them go out and find pasture. And then lead them back. He wants to help us to keep in. Keep in the church. Keep in the fellowship of other believers. I like the scripture. It's in Isaiah. 11. It says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Now, a lot of us have forgotten that time where we used to feel mama's heartbeat, the warmth. Breastfed up to about three and a half. And this boy, the child, the mom says, you, you really like breastfeeding. The child says, I smell you a mile away. You need to have to remember that love. The master keeps on saying, have you heard Jesus' heartbeat before? Did you like to hear his heartbeat? Just enter your spaces. Close the doors. Take off time to hear, to just be next to his heart and experience his goodness. To the shepherd, this good shepherd, do your shepherd this year? Will you be the shepherd for your children this year? I'm encouraging you to choose this shepherd against experts, against science, against prediction of the, of the meteorological department. Choose. I have heard about Eskimos. When they want to kill wolves, they get sharp knives, very sharp knives, and they, they smear them with a fat that seals. Now, wolves like the fat that seals. They smell it, they put these knives in the snow, and the wolves come sniffing, and they begin to reach from the knives. And as they reach, their knives, their tongues are cut. When the tongue is cut, blood flows out of the wolf's tongue. Wolf smells blood. Oh, wolves love blood. They ignore the pain and keep looking. And before long, the wolf is bleeding to death. And this is what the enemy, the shepherd Jesus was talking about, will try and do to you. They're going to give you enticing things. 
they're going to tell you things that sound brilliant and intelligent. But in your heart of hearts, you know, this is not a this is not the guy I'm speaking to today. This is not the job he wants me to be on. This is not the relationship I should because you have that voice. But me, oh, man, I should have nice. It's hard, but it has nice. Jesus is saying, don't be like that. I want to be your friend. I want to play my final slide now in Hebrews uh, chapter 13. Right of Hebrews was ending just like I'm ending my time, and uh, he writes these words. I'm going to read these words as a prayer. And as I read these words, I want you to remember those movies, I mean, those TV shows where you get to a place where somebody has won and they can pick a prize that is right there. Or they can choose a prize that is visible. So you can pick either hundred dollars, pounds, or whatever is behind. Now, what is behind could be rubbish. It could be like one thousand two six, uh, but it could also be a material. And sometimes we find ourselves in this space, and the world gives us this spaces where we don't know what should we choose. We are conflicted. Jesus is saying, excuse me, but I don't see what you're going to give me, Jesus. It's not clear. But this is clear. In that context, I want to read this verse. The Lord Himself equip you with everything you need, everything good for doing His will. And may He work in us what is pleasing to Him, through Jesus, to whom be glory forever and ever. This is my prayer for you today that the Lord will do great things in our lives this year. I pray that the eyes of our hearts will open to see beyond. Beyond what we can see. When my own thing, the monkey said, finger, look, and then you get it. May the Holy Spirit help us to look beyond what we can see. May we enter 2020 recognizing that the things that we have not seen with our eyes, things that we don't perceive with our hearts, things that we have not imagined with our heads are the things God is going to do for us this year. Let's have an expectation. Let's have a sense of expectation that our shepherd is not just good. He is able. 
is a leader. 